What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today I got a take that I've been sitting on for a while now, you know, grinding my teeth, just looking at the Twitter timeline, and I don't even want to waste any time. Let's just get straight into the video. Let's go. Thirsty, thirsty, trying to choose. I mean, I know I'm pretty Today we're going to be talking about my RB1 Travis Etienne. Right now, he's going all the way at the pick 108 in Superflex rookie drafts. And y'all just got to put some respect on my boy's name. And a lot of people are fading Travis Etienne because they don't like the landing spot. They're scared of James Robinson. Najee Harris has this really big, sexy landing spot with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So let's break down Travis Etienne. I know that we're at May at this point, so we all know Travis Etienne's profile. But let's let's just break it down and do a little speed run real quick. Etienne comes in at 5'10", 215 pounds. That's the perfect workhorse size, 30 BMI, runs a 4.5 and is best comparable to DeAndre Swift on player profiler, and he gets first round draft capital at 25th overall. If I told you that you could have DeAndre Swift with first round draft capital, he'd be a top 12 startup pick. But some of you guys might be saying, Ron, you're, you're talking out of your ass here. This is just size speed. But let's let's take it a step further. Let's look at his rushing production. He is an elite rusher between the tackles in his junior and sophomore season. He proved that he had about eight yards per carry, 1600 rushing yards and 20 rushing touchdowns in those two seasons. And at that point in time, it was looking like ETN was kind of one dimensional, just a really good between the tackles guy, bounce runs out, could just get you home run touchdowns. But he wasn't that great of a receiver. But on the back end of his career, his junior and senior season, that's when he really got those hands together. He had an 87th percentile career high target share of 12.2% his senior season. And in his senior season, he earned the highest receiving grade per PFF and was the only running back to eclipse a 90 grade in receiving. So any of your favorite running backs out there, like a Kenny Gainwell, Michael Carter, those satellite backs that are really good in the receiving games, they did not do as well as Travis Etienne in that metric. And it shows up in the analytics as well. Etienne is somebody that we could see with the Kamara level workload. They had very similar receiving production in college. If we look at this chart real quick, this is Campus to Canton's chart, and it shows their receiving yard market share. So the market share, the percentage of their team's passing yards over years out of high school. They both did really good their junior season seasons really close to each other as well. And that dotted line that they're way above is the average top 24 running back what their receiving production was in college. So, so ETN's in that same kind of category as a Kamara. And if we even just want to put a little little cherry on top of why ETN is a is not only a good prospect, but a, a maybe one might say a great prospect. One of the most predictive metrics we have, I couldn't explain to you why they're so predictive, but Lance Zierlein's RB draft grades on NFL.com, people have proved that they have one of the, the highest correlations with any of the running back stats out there. And when we put ETN up against the 2017 and 2020 RB draft classes, which are the two best we've ever seen, you know, Fournette, Cook, Kamara, McCaffrey, then you have JT, Swift, Akers, Clyde edwards all of those guys, he fares pretty well. ETN ranks as the RB4 in the 2017 and 2020 RB draft classes with these pre-draft grades behind Fournette, Cook, and Swift, and ahead of Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, and Mixon. If you ask me, that is pretty wild company to have. He is a JT Mixon-level prospect. He looks like DeAndre Swift, and he's got first-round draft capital, and nobody seems to give a shit. And the whole reason why is this Jacksonville situation. He got drafted 25th overall, and people want to write him off so bad. First round draft capital is everything at running back. Just based off of first round draft capital for running back, they have an 88% chance to hit a top 24 season at some point during their career. It is the ultimate, ultimate sign that a team is going to give you opportunity, which is the whole the whole point of running back or the, the main driver of running back is simply opportunity. And I want to reiterate, I, I just made a video on this. I'll probably, uh, I'll try and put it in the, the fucking thing up here, but I have a video, the, the thumbnail says talent over everything. And the whole idea of it is that landing spot doesn't matter that much. We look at the running backs just from last year, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a first round running back. He goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, a generational offense with no competition. Damian Williams opted out. 
and he didn't do much. Then we had running backs who we knew were better. Swift and Akers were drafted to bad offenses with crowded RB rooms. Akers had Darrell Henderson, Malcolm Brown, a battle line. Then you had Swift. He goes to the Lions. Bad team. Carryon Johnson's already there. None of it mattered. At the end of the day, they all performed similarly, and Swift and Akers are ahead of Clyde Ridge-Alaire in Dynasty League Football ADP at this point. And you guys, not, not the subscribers, but the people on Twitter, the people that are pushing ETN down and pushing James Robinson. Oh, James Robinson, he's going to be a factor. Here's the thing. Everybody can say what they want on Twitter, but the Jaguars have already spoken. They have told us that they do not value James Robinson highly. If they did, they wouldn't have drafted Travis ETN in the first round. This was a guy who was an undrafted running back, James Robinson, drafted by the previous regime. They don't care about him. You do not draft a running back in the first round of the NFL draft in this day and age. Jonathan Taylor, Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Cam Akers, Swift, all of these really, really good running backs all missed out on the first round because in this like modern NFL, we're not drafting running backs that highly. And in this draft class, the Jaguars, who had a thousand yard rusher that all of all of Twitter wants to prop up, they went out, they spent for a first round running back. Was that a good decision? No, but it does not matter. When we're just talking about fantasy and what ETN is going to be over these next four years. All that matters is that he was drafted in the first round and that they they don't see James Robinson in the same light as fantasy Twitter. And don't get me wrong, James Robinson had a great year, but he should not scare you. I get it. He was the only rookie running back not named Jonathan Taylor to put up a thousand yards rushing last year and he finishes the RB5 in points per game in PPR leagues. But what people fail to understand is that a lot of this was just based off of opportunity in a weird, fluky COVID year. First, we have Leonard Fournette get cut. So then the backfield shrinks. It comes down to James Robinson, Ryquel Armstead, Devin Azigbo, and satellite back Chris Thompson. Rykel Armstead gets COVID. He got COVID like twice, put him out in the hospital. He never played again. Then you have Devin Azigbo. He pulled a hamstring. So it literally was James Robinson. He has the profile of a between the tackles guy and Chris Thompson. That That's all that ended up happening. He didn't beat anybody out in training camp. He didn't come out ahead after four weeks of battling out the other running backs. He was simply the only guy in that running back room. And it makes sense because he led the league in opportunity share with an 85% opportunity share. And he was simply just on a tanking team with no desire to fill their holes at running back. There was no reason to. They just wanted to lose games. And PFF agrees that he wasn't anything special. If he was something special, he would have been ranked highly by PFF. From what they saw, they gave him a grade of RB23 in PFF's grading system right next to Ronald Jones and Jamal Williams, which I think is pretty fair. I think that he's about a Ronald Jones-Jamal Williams level running back. And I think that's a fair thing to say. If you give either of those guys an 85% opportunity share in that offense last year, they probably give you RB5 to RB7 numbers in a down year for fantasy running backs. I don't think that that's that wild to say. So if Ronald Jones and Jamal Williams wouldn't scare you away from drafting Travis Etienne, then neither should James Robinson, especially when you take this chart into account. This is from at DF Bean Counter, Drew Ocean, a really cool guy. He uh, has a YouTube account named Bulletproof Fantasy. Go, go subscribe to him. This chart, he made a video about James Robinson and why you should be fading him in leagues. So it, it it ties in with this video. And he found the eight day three running backs, I want to say from 2000 to ever rush for 800 or more yards in their rookie seasons. And none of them had sustained success where they went on and were dominant for years and years to come. Only Jordan Howard had more than one top 12 season at RB. James Robinson already had his, and that'll probably be his last. This was most likely a Philip Lindsay type flash in the pan season. James Robinson's probably going to be the Latavius Murray to Travis Etienne. You know, he's going to be the between the tackles guy, maybe get some goal line work here and there, be annoying in fantasy sometimes for a year. And then I think that eventually Travis Etienne will work into the, the main back role because I think that unlike Kamara, Kamara never rushed for 1,600 yards in the ACC with 20 rushing touchdowns. So Kamara, so Kamara 
can't really do that between the tackle stuff, ETN can. So he's going to eventually fight off James Robinson. I think past year one, James Robinson doesn't do much. If you look at Latavius Murray, he even had something similar to James Robinson. In his second year as a, a round six guy in Oakland, he goes out there, rushes for a thousand plus yards and gets kicked to the curb immediately. Never hits a thousand yards again. Never is relevant in fantasy again. Goes to Minnesota, bounces to the Saints and is never anything too crazy. And that's what I'm expecting for James Robinson. When you put that aside and you look at it for what it is, that he is a Ronald Jones, Jamal Williams level threat to Travis Etienne, his landing spot is beautiful, fellas. And I think that we're really looking past it. There's no satellite back like a JD McKissage to take away a bunch of targets from Travis Etienne. And he's also now tethered to the next Andrew Luck for the next four to five years. And this same guy, one of the greatest quarterback prospects of all time, just so happened to play college for four years with Travis Etienne. If you want to talk about a shower narrative, these guys know each other. And that chemistry matters. Clearly that Jacksonville, they want to they want to make Trevor Lawrence as comfortable as possible. And the way you do that is give him a running back that he has seen. Every time that he's looked to his right or left in the backfield out of shotgun, it has been Travis Etienne for the last four years. And that's how it's going to be for the next fucking four to five. If that doesn't make you excited, I don't know what will. And on top of that, Mike Clay projects the Jaguars to have the 26th worst defense which then made him project them to have a top 10 pass attempt season. If they are in the top 10 with over 600 pass attempts like Mike Clay projects, Travis Etienne is fully in play for an 80 to 100 target season in year one. And y'all still not excited. And Najee Harris is going at the 103, five spots ahead of Etienne, like he was drafted to some crazy good landing spot and that he's a better prospect by a mile. Both of those things are not true. Let's look at Najee's situation real quick. He was drafted just one slot ahead of Etienne in the NFL draft. His quarterback is Big Ben. I, I still can't believe that some people out there would really rather have their quarterback tethered to Big Ben for the next four to five years than Trevor Lawrence. Ben Roethlisberger, he was awful last year, and they have no one to come in to replace him. Mason Rudolph is not the answer. Dwayne Haskins is not the answer. This is a team that is going to be in QB purgatory for the next four years. Their defense is so, so good that it's going to cause them to never be in a position to have a top two, top one, top five draft pick to get one of these really good quarterbacks. So they're going to stay around that. That well, Now that this, what is it, 17-game season, it's going to be like eight and nine, seven and 10. I don't know. They're going to hover around that once Ben Roethlisberger leaves and it's, and it's going to get really ugly. And that's just the next few years. And not just the next few years, they're going to struggle in 2021. According to Mike Clay, they have the league's toughest schedule. There will be no positive game scripts to stick the ball in Najee Harris's belly and let him chew the clock and finish out games. That will not be happening in 2021. And not only that, but the Steelers have a bad O-line. The Steelers had the second worst run blocking unit in 2020. And the only resources they've added to it are a third round and fourth round lineman. Those guys aren't impact starters. They're not guys that are going to th just throw your offensive line into top five. There's no way. They project to be a bottom five unit again in 2021, and this really, really hurts Najee Harris. In case of you guys didn't know, Najee Harris went to Alabama. This is a offensive line factory. In 2019 and 2020, the two years where Najee Harris was actually relevant, the first two years he wasn't that great, he enjoyed the second and ninth best run blocking unit in the Power Five, according to PFF. He enjoyed multiple NFL talents like Jedrick Wills, Alex Leatherwood, Evan Neal, who's going to be a projected top five pick next year, Landon Dickerson, second round pick, Deontay Brown, who's like a, a day three pick, but still they had legit NFL dudes on that offensive lineman and they were dominant. And to take that one step further, we have Graham Barfield. He has a stat called yards blocked per attempt that just measures how much the offensive line is blocking for your running back each play. Since 2016, Najee Harris ranks in the 90th percentile on that with 1.8 yards blocked per attempt. He had insane help from his offensive line throughout his career and he's not going to have that in the nfl and that's something to be really skeptical of fellas and before 
any of you guys out here are telling me about ETN's offensive line at Clemson, he has never had a first round draft pick or a second round draft pick on an offensive line outside of the tackle that was drafted this year. And he only had a top 10 unit in run blocking one year. I think his freshman year, they were like the 37th ranked run blocking team. Clemson isn't like that in the offensive line. His yard, his yards blocked per attempt was also like 1.3, way lower than Najee Harris's. So what I will give Najee Harris, he's projected for more opportunity for sure. In year one, he doesn't have a James Robinson. He just has Anthony McFarland, Jalen Samuels, and Benny Snell, who shouldn't do much. I think each of them will probably take like a about 10 targets a piece and maybe a couple rushes here and there. But as we said, Najee Harris is going to have a bad offensive line. So he's going to be way less efficient and the volume isn't going to be as crazy people think. As we said, this is a team that has the toughest schedule in the league. They're going to be pass happy. Right now, they're projected for the league bottom in rush attempts and rushing yards per Mike Clay. Now, these game scripts are good for receiving backs, but Najee Harris isn't that kind of guy. He's a, he's a decent receiver but he's not an ETN Kamara type guy. This is the same chart from earlier with Najee Harris, ETN and Kamara on there. And you can tell Najee Harris, he's about average. He's on that dotted line. He's not up there with an ETN or Kamara. And I don't want to hear about his uh, receiving competition because yes, Travis ETN didn't have anything crazy in his senior year, but that junior year number, he was next to Justin Ross. He was next to T Higgins. He was next to those dogs, Amari Rogers. So I'm not hearing it. And if you want to put a little cherry on top of that, Najee Harris ranked eighth and 32nd receiving grades among RBs with 20 plus targets in his junior and senior seasons. In ETN's senior and junior seasons, he was first and 12th. So he is just a different, he's just a in a different type of class when it comes to receiving ability. So let's recap this whole, this whole rant. I know I'm going a little fast. I know I'm ranting a little bit, but look, Najee Harris, he gets first round draft capital. He goes to the Steelers. Bad quarterback plays there. Bad O-line play. They have the league's toughest schedule. They're going to have plenty of negative game scripts, but he is somehow miles ahead of ETN simply because James Robinson is not in his backfield, a Ronald Jones, Jamal Williams level running back. And for this, the difference in ADP is outrageous. It is blasphemous if we want to get into our Stephen A. Smith here. Landing spot shouldn't dictate this type of swing in ADP. My top three running back ranks, I have ETN, Najee Harris, Javante Williams. They did not change at all. They all got best case draft capital. We knew the top two could maybe get first round. We knew Javante Williams could get second round. They all got best case scenario draft capital. And as I said before, landing spot does not fucking matter that much. When we talk about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Swift, Akers, we could even talk about Paris Campbell on the Colts. He goes to the Colts, always oh, paired with Andrew Luck. He's going to be great forever. Andrew Luck retires that fucking summer. Then you could even look at AJ Brown. Oh, he goes to the Titans, pass heavy, uh, run heavy offense. Didn't fucking matter. The landing spots do not matter that much. Things in the NFL change. James Robinson could get traded before week one. We really don't know. And I didn't even make this whole video to say that ETN needs to be your number one. I'm just saying to stop moving him down your ranks. If Najee Harris is the 103, ETN should not be the 108. He should be more like the 104. And if you had him at RB1 pre-draft, he needs to be your RB1 post-draft. And I'm telling you guys now, ETN is going to be a value in every single one of these rookie drafts. We are going to be scooping up gold in these rookie drafts. If ETN ever makes it to the 107, 108, 109 in your Superflex rookie drafts, go fucking get him. This is the one opportunity where you need to go trade up, get that future workhorse running back. There is there is easily a world where after year one, he's a top five, six, seven, eight running back in dynasty with top 24 draft or top 24 ADP, just like a swift acres and Dobbins. If you made it this far, man, I appreciate it. I did just go on a little bit of a rant there. I had to get that off my chest. I also want to say I've been really enjoying the support recently. Uh, I didn't post for like a week and you guys blew up my subs. We, I didn't post for a week since the draft, like Thursday. In that week, we've gained like 25 subscribers, which isn't anything crazy. You know, if we were big, there wouldn't be anything crazy. But when you're at 750 subscribers, you jump to 775 after not posting a single fucking video. That's big shit. I really appreciate all the support you guys are giving me. And a whole community that we're building is in the discord right now so if if you haven't joined the discord and you watch a lot of my videos make sure you go down below the top of the description just click the discord link you get in there for free it's completely free you join there we talk about dynasty fantasy seasonal we do mock drafts in there we're gonna do subscriber leagues very soon in there that's the way that you can get attached to the community i'm always in there hanging out and talking to you guys so 
this video, this whole write-up that I did today, that's probably going to be a thread on Twitter at some point in time. So make sure you follow me at Ron Store underscore on Twitter. And as always, I'll see you guys in the next one. Thirsty, thirsty, trying to choose. I mean, I know I'm critical. My nitty bag, my kitty boots. I got the juice, I got the juice. Channel, Chatham's on.